Oh, hi! It's that time again. Now, I know this episode is a little bit delayed, and I still have not been able to fix that follower notification. Um, even though it happens on my account, it comes over here to the BlizzPro channel, but we'll just keep running with this episode, with this, uh, episode opening. But, uh, yeah, uh, this is, uh, being recorded on a Thursday, as opposed to a Wednesday, because my work schedule has changed up a little bit, because it's a, it's just a hectic time of the year, we got some big movies coming out, the, the hours of operation have extended, everything's just kind of, like, going through, getting crazy, well, not really. Movie theaters are still, like, really down, but it still doesn't prevent the business from itself being crazy, even if they're not busting down the doors like they normally are. Um, so, that's why uh, this episode's coming a little bit later, and of course, for those that listen to uh, YouTube or the podcast itself, if you're not joining me over here live on the Twitch channel, um... Uh, you know, this is not going to make it in time for the actual season opener. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be going through and making uh, making the, the show edited and then, uh, you know, tonight and then uploaded before I go to work. Uh, and I won't be getting home in time to get it uploaded before the season starts. Um, but doesn't prevent me from going through and talking about it at least a little bit, you know, as, like, as I sit here in anticipation for the upcoming uh, season 25. Which brings us, of course, to the episode proper itself. Welcome to episode 222, season 25 on deck. I, maybe I should have said season 25 just to get even more twos in that episode title. I'm sure it's like it's it's important somewhere, right? Uh, but anyways. Uh, you know, as, as you come to expect, uh, for the episodes, we've got some stuff to talk about, uh, you know, as far as the, uh, the ongoing legal troubles facing Blizzard Entertainment, uh, with the ongoing, you know, uh, issues with, uh, employment, discrimination, harassment, etc., etc. Uh, we have the, uh, season 25, uh, going through right at our doorsteps. So by the time that you're listening to this episode, it probably will have already launched, but still it's coming out tomorrow, uh, December 10th. Uh, in the various regions, normally I believe it's around uh, 5 o'clock of the core mainframe server time for wherever your region happens to uh, drop. So it's like 5 o'clock here in North America, it's, you know, 5 o'clock Pacific time. You know, in the, the you know, the um, Southeast Asia regions, it's 5 o'clock uh, Korean time, KR, I think it, it's properly. I'm not sure. Um, but you... You know the drill. You know the drill, right? You've you've got you've got practice doing these season or openers, of course. Um, uh, we've got also we've had a patch for Diablo Two Resurrected. We've got some uh, a lot of fun and feedback for Diablo Immortal as my own you know kind of like playtesting experience begins to wind down as the holidays begin to wind up. Uh, and uh, speculation on Diablo Four, a little bit close out the episode. Uh, but of course, going back to what I feel is some of the most important things going and facing any Blizzard community, particularly um, us over here in the Diablo side of things, is the ongoing legal troubles facing Activision Blizzard, in, in particular Blizzard Entertainment itself. Uh, as we talked about on the previous episode, there have been some scathing reviews coming up and allegations that have been hitting uh, the CEO, Bobby Kotick, uh, who has been longtime chided within the gaming community about wanting to, uh, I believe, it, what, was, what was his... Uh, quote, uh, suck the fun out of gaming. Um, but yeah, it was, um, uh, you know, just some really, really, like, 
you know, that, like, God, you guys are doing some, like, fucked up shit, but that just, like, takes the cake, you know. Uh, allegedly, you know, sending death threats to his secretary for reporting him, you know, to HR. Uh, you know, allegedly um, just trying to cover the tracks for people that have been found internally by HR. And it's like, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. We need to fire him. And then Bobby Kotek is apparently, nah, 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 let's keep him. Uh, you know, amongst other things. Uh, and so that that is called, you know, for a lot of people working at not just Blizzard, but across, you know, Activision, uh, Activision Blizzard itself, uh, you know, King and all their other various uh, studios to go and call for the resignation of Bobby Kotick uh, in varying degrees of the people on the board that have helped uh, continue to enable uh, an individual such as Bobby Kotick uh, in order to continue to do the things that he does. Um, and with that, you know, Activision stock obviously hasn't uh, hasn't been doing all that well. Uh, and more and more, uh, you know, entities are going through and beginning to put on and apply pressure. Uh, Bobby Kotick, uh, in a, a privately addressed email to the board, has said that he's floating the idea that if there's nothing else that he can do in order to try and navigate these waters or however he said it, that he is he is leaving at least resignation on the table. But so far, the board of directors at Activision Blizzard have had, they've got Bobby's back. They're supporting him and thinking that basically, well, we have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to sexual harassment, but not to the board members. Um, you know, apparently is where that zero tolerance stops. Uh, and uh, this is, uh, this is you know, uh, caused, I believe it's like the, the states of like California, Missouri, Idaho, a whole bunch of um, tr uh, state treasuries that have like pension funds uh, and other investments in stocks that have some, you know, significant stakeholders uh, over in uh, ATVI stock uh, have issued demands to the board, you know, saying, what are you guys going to be doing to rectify this? Because it's not just the fact that the stock itself is dropping, but it's the, the actions that the board is undertaking that are causing these, you know, um, you know, negative work environments and the, the, they have like zero faith uh, and a lack of trust in, you know, the, the company's ability in order to steer the company out of this. Uh, and so, you know, there, there's continuing to be more and more pressure uh, coming at the ATVI and his board of directors in order to oust not just Bobby Kotick, but, you know, other other various members. Some are calling for, like, some specific board members that are, have, um, you know, shady financial ties to Bobby Kotick with the act that the date all the way back to the um, acquisition of Activision from uh, Vivendi. Because it was like way back in the day, and the whole reason why it's called Activision Blizzard is because Vivendi Entertainment bought Activision and they sold them stock in order to like buy it, and so it became Activision Blizzard. But then Activision, uh, or at the t now Activision Blizzard, bought themselves back from Vivendi, but then set it up in like some, uh, you know, offshore nest egg accounts and all those other types of just like creative accounting that caused like some massive lawsuits and uh some very hefty fines from the government and about how it all played out all other type of stuff it's like so it's like the, you know it's like all these things going through and it's like damn damn you know it's just 
<laughs> uh, and it's like a couple of the board members like helped him do this. They were like the, the names on the checks that were going through and like signing off on all of this. Uh, and so they want them out as well as other people that might have some past experiences with like harassment allegations and such. And then other people are just like, you know, the whole batch is bad. Just get rid of them because, you know, whoever else that we get in, you know, what are they going to be? Worse? You know, it's just like get these people just aren't going to they don't have the they, they don't have what's necessary in order to move the company forward. Get rid of all of them. Um and it doesn't even it doesn't even stop there uh because last week uh one of the other development studios over at activision um uh what was it raven software uh recently uh let go like 20 of its uh qa employees the uh, the contract like temporary um you know quality assurance employees uh, and the reason given was because the company is transitioning contract employees to full-time employees, uh, and so that net cuts, there's certain cuts that were necessary in order to offset costs. And, you know, ATVI is, like, one of the, the biggest, most profitable businesses in gaming, let alone in, like, just the U.S., uh, that is just, like, no, you you've got money like these people are like working on call of duty like there's money there like there's there's a lot of money there you can you can afford 20 qa employees that are paid you know uh you know paltry sums when you compare it to like what the senior developers and such are making uh you know and this is apparently just like uh then again there's allegations of this is this is like you know stock standard like union busting techniques that it's like oh you want benefits that means we gotta fire people if you want higher pay that means we gotta fire people you know and trying to put the onus back on look the employees are being greedy and we're having to fire people and that's that's not that's not how it works you know you don't have to fire people you just means that you know the corporate ceos and the shareholders make slightly less profit they're still making profit. They're just making slightly less profit. And where's the harm in that if it means that you're going to have a better quality product that might make more money in the future, right? Does that make sense? I don't know. Uh, but in solidarity, I, uh, I should note that one of the things that makes this um, just particularly appalling besides the, the reasoning given is that these 20 employees amongst a whole bunch of other employees had recently relocated to the new offices on the East Coast. They had uprooted their lives and moved across country in order to go through and work at this new studio with the promise of being made a permanent employee and relocation assistance being given to them um, after they completed their move and then they were handed a pink slip. So they were given a promise, put, you know, put their whole life uh, upside down and potentially put you know themselves into debt in order to go through and do this move between you know the closing you know potentially like you know signing off on an early lease first last security putting a down payment on a new house or something like that whatever it is that they took in order to go through and move out there and then now you're out of your job and there's going to be zero you know assistance or anything like that coming from ATVI that you know that in order to give like the the full you know the coverage of the story itself uh but in solidarity with those employees uh, uh better activision blizzard king abk 
uh, the kind of like the the workers uh, advocate group, uh, you know, in solidarity staged uh, some multiple walkouts earlier this week on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, they staged walkouts across the company, not just at Raven Software, where the rest of the QA staff went through and walked out. You've had other people at Blizzard, um, at Activision itself, uh, at King, Treyarch, and such, at many of the companies across both uh, QA uh, divisions as well as developers uh, participate in these walkouts in order to go and show solidarity with, we're not going to stand for the way that you're treating these employees and you're using them you know, as pseudo-bargaining tools uh, in order to try and talk down, you know, the, the movement that the workers are trying to put together in order to give themselves a better working environment and being, you know, paid and respected with the, the amount that they should, they feel that they should. Um, and that itself has also now culminated in just uh, certain members over at uh, Activision Blizzard, particularly members of ABK, now are formally taking the steps forward uh, to unionize. Uh, part of that is there's a, a GoFundMe that has started uh, in order to try and fund uh, what's called, like I guess they're posting it as a, a strike fund, uh, as well as having some funds allocated, you know, to those you know 20 employees that had moved uh, and uprooted themselves in order to go through and you know get this promised permanent position that were then fired, uh, as well as in order to go through and raise funds uh, in order to push forward. Uh, with a uh, full strike, um, you know, uh, across the company, uh, because there is there is no union at Activision Blizzard, uh, so there are no dues that have been paid, and there's no funds available. So if anybody, you know, at the company strikes, uh, they're not collecting a paycheck. They're they're putting a massive financial burden on themselves in order to stand up for their ideals, and so part of the idea of this uh, GoFundMe is in order to help try and compensate for some of those wages. The, the GoFundMe is set at a uh, million dollars, uh, and depending upon how many people you know actually uh, participate, th those funds could run through um, very quickly, <laughs> very quickly, uh, you know. And so it is. Uh, it'll be interesting to go through and watch as they uh, actually put together the the plans and the process for an actual you know work stoppage and a full on strike. You know uh, how many people are going to participate. You know which studios themselves are going to go through and participate. A lot of the focus, primarily at the moment, is of course Blizzard itself uh, within the Activision Blizzard, um, you know, umbrella. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, going to have some interesting effects in the uh, the, the coming weeks and/or months, uh, depending upon you know when this actually stops. Um, you know what what departments it hits, and how of course Activision Blizzard management goes through and responds to this, while. All, while all the world is watching because of the, you know, the, the ongoing legal disputes between the sexual harassment and discrimination uh, against the company. Uh, they, they also are taking the steps in order to pass out unionization cards because if they get enough employees within of any of the individual um, studios to uh, sign them. So like they don't need a certain number across Activision Blizzard itself, but if they get like enough um, you know, signatures at Blizzard or at Treyarch, uh, directly, they can then push forward for that individual entity to uh, unionize. Once they have a certain number, I'm not sure what the actual requirement is um, for how many unionization authorization cards they get signed is required. Um, you know, by the uh, national um, you know labor laws is that that's one of those other ones where you start getting into those things where it's like, 
Um, you know, labor laws in California, of course, are, you know, really complicated and tricky. There's a lot of things that protect the employees there. But unionization laws are generally handle, handled at, like, the, the federal level. Um, uh, because, like, unions don't really work with labor laws in the same... Labor laws are more structured towards, uh, you know, how the employer treats the employee. And then the union kind of comes in in the middle and negotiates, you know, for the the employee as like a collective bargaining. Um, so there, there's a little bit of interplay. You can go across states and stuff like that. But a lot of the, the formal the formal appointment of a union is handled at the federal level. It's at a national level. Um, and once they have enough of those cards, again, I don't know how many, but once they have enough of those cards, they're able to move forward on a union vote. And in order to um, successfully unionize, they do need a majority. Uh, though that majority is just, you know, like, it's a 51% majority. They just, if it's, if it's 100 people, they just need 51 to vote for the union, and then boom, there's a union. Uh, there is no um, uh, right-to-work laws in California, you know, so there's no, there's no uh, state-level um, detrimental laws to stop unions or anything like that. You know, so they, they collectively would all be able to go through, uh, join the union, begin paying dues, and then use... Uh, the dues for you know like back pay from strikes and all other types of things uh you know but it's that's a long uh, potentially complicated process and of course activision blizzard is going to fight it tooth and nail uh, because they already in order to represent them in the you know the lawsuit against the state of california they have wilmer hale which is a you know a nationally known internationally known union busting firm is one of their big bread and butter type cases that they take uh, and so you know they're already uh, planning countermeasures to this. But the people over at ABK, they've, po they've been working with, um, uh, what is it, the, the Code AWA, uh, which is a uh, national you know, union group for, um, uh, I believe it's uh, like telecommunication workers and such, that also deal with a, a lot of union groups within like the various like different types of art in, uh, art industries, entertainment industries and such, and they have a particular aspect that could help you know kind of like the, the entertainment minded uh, video game developers and such. Uh, that hopefully this is going to be the thing that then takes it a step forward because in the U.S. there are like no video game unions, you know. Everywhere else in the city, in the like the civilized world, unions are everywhere. They represent everything. You know, even I believe uh, I was reading a story just last week that um, there is still legal disputes about the closure of the Vercellis uh, office, the the head of the um, Blizzard Entertainment's European customer service uh, over in France. Uh, that was closed, you know, over a year ago, and there's still legal disputes um, over that and the unfair treatment of the employees and that. Uh, Activision Blizzard blo uh, broke, uh, you know, French labor laws and the closure of those studios and laying off all of the employees. So that that's like one of those ones where it's like those employees have all been fired. They've all been like moved on to other jobs or other such, you know, various things. Um, and they're still potentially entitled to even more money from Activision Blizzard uh, because, well, unions. Who would have thought, right? Uh, uh, you know, into uh, to steal a steal a quote. Um, you know, that, uh, that popped up in some Discord conversations, you know, that I was having earlier um, from uh, a friend of mine, Kevin. Uh, I should actually just pull it up directly uh, so I don't, uh, don't misquote it. But I think, I think he, he probably said it best. It is just companies don't want unions, which almost always tells you that they're universally good for the workers. 
I mean, it's it's the best way to sum it up. Sure, there's there's some negative aspects uh, to unions, and there's exploitation that will happen in unions and such, but nowhere near the level of bad things or exploitation that happens without unions and with unions at the end of the day you get better benefits you get better pay you get better everything uh for the employee you net better benefits regardless of any of the cons you will just net better period like period the stories and all that goes on and on and on uh so that there that's it you know we've 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 spent you know the first 20 minutes here uh talking about the uh the lawsuit but again i open every one of these uh episodes with talking about these ongoing legal um legal troubles facing blizzard because i want blizzard to be the company i always thought it was that apparently it never actually was that what we collectively thought that blizzard was this really uh great shining exemplar you know of the video game industry and it turned out they weren't. They, they were just like anybody else. All the shit that was happening at Riot was happening at Ubisoft. It was happening at Blizzard too. They just, they weren't any different. But we want them to be different. We want them to be better. Um, you know, and so we still hold out hope because, hey, I still like Diablo. I still kind of like World of Warcraft. Kind of. Um, you know, but uh, it, it's definitely, I, I want to be excited uh, in order to go through and you know purchase Diablo 4 you know I don't want I don't want to go through and be like well I I really like Diablo I want to support Diablo and I want to support you know my friends that are helping make these Diablo games that they're not the abusive assholes at least we hope that they're not the abusive assholes I, I know the people that are still there you know we know that you know pretty much aren't the abusive assholes uh, and that you know they're, they're the good people that are making these games. There are far more victims than there are abusers. And so to just swear off everything is going to hurt more good people than it does bad people. But I also don't want that, you know, that moral ambiguity of like, well, but by buying this, I'm giving more money to Bobby Kotick than I am to my friends that helped made the game. You know, and that doesn't sit right. So let's... Let's hope that that type of stuff... Diablo 4 has got another year. It's ruminating. It's not coming out in 2022. Uh, it gives us plenty of time to, you know, help correct course a little bit. Not... Obviously, you're not going to fix everything, but hopefully it corrects the course and we get heading in a better direction. But anyways... Anyways... Moving on to greener pastures. We do, of course, have Diablo 3... Where the talk of the town is, you know, season 24 is dead. Long live season 25. Uh, the, the patches here, it dropped um, just yesterday, uh, I believe. Or two days ago. I'm already losing losing my mind. It dropped on the 7th. Because um, I think that today is Wednesday. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, we got a, a whole bunch of changes. You know, we've, we've covered the actual gems in a previous episode, but again, to just give kind of like an oversimplification um, of the, the Season 25 seasonal theme, uh, you've got a collection of new um, uh, gemstones that can only be used in the helm and some that can only be used in the weapon that then are applying a lot of really cool um, thematic effects based off of uh, the seven prime evils. Uh, we, you know, if you haven't seen them, let me go through and click over here real quick. 
That is not working. That is not working at all. Give me one second here. Uh, but we've got... Is the, where's the overlay? Overlay is not wanting to work, does it? No. <laughs> I should have tested this beforehand. But anyways, well, we'll just go through ClickOver real quick. If you haven't seen it yet, you've got the the beautiful, beautiful, uh, you know, selection of gemstones here, including the lovely baguette larva that is. Of course, the little nod to uh, Duriel, the Maggot Lord. Um, you know, it's uh, just some beautiful uh, little effects there and everything. They, they've got um, the, the seven gems based off of the, the seven evils, and they have various effects. You've got everything. The majority, of course, are going to be like uh, DPS affecting abilities, though there are some that are a bit more meta-focused that are like, you know, one is specifically for like clearing trash and then reduces your damage for bosses. There's like a support gem that just like overall lowers your damage but gives you some better support options and such uh, that are really going through affecting gameplay, adding uh, a lot of change and a lot of opening up, a lot of like build diversity uh, to uh, the, the meta, uh, giving a lot of people some different play styles that they go through and try out. Uh, and this is really seeming to have as much of an effect, if not more of an effect, than the Ethereals did in Season 24. Uh, though uh, there's no cosmetic effect for going and collecting all of them. They're really not that rare. They have a really decent uh, chance at dropping. Uh, where can you find them? You can, just doing rifts, you know, Rift Guardians have a decent chance at dropping randomly one of the seven. Though you can go through and farm the uh, various act bosses in order to have a, uh, a chance at going and collecting them. Though uh, some act bosses uh, have a uh, better chance than, or have not a, a better chance, so uh, let me go through and start that one over. Uh, so for the, uh, the gems themselves, each act has a specific gem that it can drop. Uh, and so when you're going through to farm them, you specifically want to farm a uh, specific axe if there's one that you're trying to find. So like the, the Essence of Anguish uh, allow, it drops from any of the act bosses in Act 1. Whereas the, uh, the Dredge of Lies drops from any of the bosses in Act 2, though apparently not Vidian. But when you get into Act 3, all of the act bosses has a chance of dropping the Stain of Sin or the Fragment of Destruction though um it will the the way that it works is you don't have to like there's kind of like almost a pseudo rng protection that if it drops one it drops the other is either it drops nothing or it drops both at the same time which is the same thing in act four is the remnant of pain the sliver of terror any of the act bosses that you defeat there will they either drop nothing or they just drop both at once and then finally the shard of hatred drops off any of the act bosses in act five uh, and then, you know, Rift Guardians you can just find anywhere. Uh, you know, so just doing Rifts and Greater Rifts, uh, you're you're going to collect them. You're going to get a, a whole uh, bunch of them. Uh, and then, you know, in order to go through and uh, upgrade them, uh, you just kind of like, kind of like you combine like additional uh, Soul Shards into them in order to unlock new power. Uh, and then also while you're... Uh, uh, leveling up 
there is some useful because you can um well in the in the leveling process you can uh salvage them and when you salvage them you'll get uh uh you'll normally just get a couple of imperial gems which is like really good especially at the lower levels especially at the lower levels uh you'll go through and you can get like a couple of uh imperial gems so you'll occasionally also get a uh, a flawless royal gem uh, which you normally do not have access to at all while leveling. Uh, you can sometimes, um, you know, with uh, various things, such as if you get lucky with like a puzzle ring uh, early on, if you pop it early, you can get, you know, regular the, the marquee and imperial gems to, to drop for you. Uh, some other things like uh, can uh, drop, some other events and things like that can drop uh, imperial gems long before they're supposed to at level 61. So this is just another opportunity that you have because they're relatively common that you can salvage a couple of the lower level ones to get those gems because you're just going to find a ton of them once you get max level anyways. You don't really have to like hold on to them or hoard them. And there's also, you know, as I talked about in previous episodes, there's a little bit of RNG at the, the ranks 2 and 4. There are um, RNG effects that you can get. The rank 0 is always the same. The rank 1 is always the same. Uh, and then the rank, uh, the, I believe it's the, the rank two, um, uh, the, the rank two and the rank three, actually. It's because it's the four ranks and it, and it starts at zero. So, sorry, I'm confusing myself. But the rank two and the rank three has a couple of various properties. You're going to be leveling a lot of these up through the, the course of the season to try and get all of the specific effects that you want, you know, on the, on the gym. Uh, and then, you know, so once you get those, you're going to be salvaging a lot of them. But also, is going to be perfect if you're like me and don't uh, dedicate a lot of time throughout the entirety of the season. Because you can also use these soul shards to augment things. Uh, and it starts as a rank zero soul shard. So just going through killing a Rift Guardian, getting a soul shard that you're never going to use. You can use it to get a rank 50 augment on your gear. You know, so it's just boom. It's the same thing as if you ranked a gem up to rank 50 and then augmented your gear with it, all the way up to a max rank 3 gem, uh, or max rank 3 soul shard will give you a rank 125 augment. So as if you leveled a legendary gem up to 120, a rank 125, and then you know use that for your augmentation piece so it is going to be um augments galore for everybody and anybody uh that if barring anything else if your highest seasonal clear is normally just limited by the amount of time that you had to play in the season it's probably just going to be one of your highest this season if you don't really push you know all that far just because you'll have full rank 125 augments across all of your gear with just minimal play. You know, it, it's not that hard in order to go through and get 13 rank 3, um, you know, augments. Because the, the stat that it gives is still based off of the, uh, the gems uh, that you're using to augment it with. And by just using, you know, the emnate system that we got earlier in the year, just throw a broken crown with whatever gem that it is that you want to copy on your follower while rolling while going through rifts and greater rifts and you will have more of your gem of choice than you will ever have anything to do with so you know uh emerald if you're you're playing monk or demon hunter uh ruby if you're playing crusader or barbarian and then topaz if you're playing wizard uh necromancer or witch doctor 
um, you know, just throw that gem into the helm of the, the broken helm on your follower. You don't have to worry about taking up any of your cube slots or anything like that. And it just, it doubles the number of gems that you collect. And, you know, so you're going to just, if you find, if you normally, if you're going through rifts, you find a hundred gems, you're going to find a hundred gems plus a hundred more of whatever it is that you're looking for. Best way in order to go through and farm up all of those flawless royals, so that way you can churn through all of these augments and get your gear fully statted out with rank 125s, and then just push, push, push. Uh, because there are a lot of builds um, that only unlock at certain like stat breakpoints. Like you know, some of the some of the higher end monk builds only get like that borderline survivability that they're required um, once you have like you know. Once, once you're nearing, you know, like 15,000, you know, dexterity, 20,000 dexterity, you just need ridiculous amounts of main stat in order for it to work. And these augments are going to help push you uh, very far along uh, that way. Uh, so you can get maybe a, a different level of play than you might have experienced in previous seasons uh, just through that, that one aspect alone, in addition to just the power that you get from the soul shard itself. It's, it's huge. It, uh, if you've never really played around with it, uh, it's, it's something that should be hopefully eye-opening to you when you go through and try out. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, otherwise, besides just that, um, you do have, of course, the, the new seasonal theme. Uh, you know, the new seasonal, not theme, but rewards. Uh, you've got these uh, classic retro... Um, uh, the Pain of Tristram portrait and the, and the Dark Lordling pet. Uh, so it is, you know, kind of like the, the, the cathedral-esque uh, portrait frame with the old Diablo 1 Diablo head. And then a kind of like a reimagined. We've already gotten a Diablo 1 uh, Diablo pet. But now is a, 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 like a higher fidelity Diablo 1 Diablo pet uh, that we'll be able to get. Because we are going into, at the end of this month, beginning of next month, it always changes. Like... Some, some, you know, like originally it was said, oh, it's December 31st, and then some other times it's like, oh, it's January 3rd, you know, but so at the end of this month, the Diablo franchise is turning 25. You know, uh, at December 31st, 1996, or January 3rd, 1997, uh, Diablo 1 came out, and so this is part of kind of like a celebration of the 25 years of Diablo, is why we're having these throwbacks to the uh, original D1 uh, sprite in uh, kind of like art style uh, and you know you get that of course by unlocking guardian uh, in addition if you don't have the uh, super impressive uh, imperious uh, um, portrait frame you know because they, the, the regular cause seasonal cosmetics are going through and unlocking that if you missed the uh, imperious portrait frame one of my personal favorites one of the ones that I continue to use to this day uh, is really cool because that one had a unique effect at Guardian. I'll just uh, pull this up on screen again real quick. Uh, and so this one was cool because uh, as you leveled through, obviously you have the portrait frame that has like the little, you know, like the, 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 the copper, bronze, silver, gold, molten ring and leaf on the, the portrait frame itself. When you hit Guardian, it added in Solarian, Imperius' spear to the side of the portrait frame. Where it was uh, cool because it was like one of the first times they did that as they were making you know that seasonal portrait frame artwork. Uh, so if you're missing those, those are you know a uh, second opportunity in order to go through and grab them. Uh, but in order to unlock the Diablo one uh, pet in portrait, you do have to get Guardian. 
Uh, normally one of the biggest things that stops people from getting Guardian is the um, conquest, is getting the three conquests. Generally the hardest aspect, besides mastering a set dungeon, um, in mastering a set dungeon is just so weird because it's become difficult because of power creep and that you actually have to like tone yourself down in order to finish them uh, because you kill things too easily to complete certain objectives. Uh, you know, use use a guide resource such as Icy Veins or something like that in order to walk you through uh, the uh, set dungeons. But the other big one is, of course, uh, conquests. You have to complete three conquests throughout season, um, and certain seasons are easier than others. RNG was pretty nice this time around because completing a Greater Rift 75 solo is just something that you do anyways in order to unlock um, primal items. Uh, it is so easy. Pretty much every set in the game is going to get you to Greater Rift 75 with minimal investment. Um, you know, so all of the Hadrig's gifts are going to be able to get you up to the 75. Some classes is going to be more of a struggle than others. You know, the, the, like the Necromancer Inarius is one of the weaker ones uh, this rotations versus, say, um, the Crusader Invokers uh, being, you know, an incredibly powerful uh, one or the uh, um, uh, newly buffed uh, Demon Hunter Shadows set that are part of the Hadrian's Gifts. Uh, but, you know, everyone should be able to solo a 75 with a minimal amount of investment. Uh, that one is just something that you'll accumulate through. Um, the, uh, the Thrill, so completing a Greater Rift uh, 45 solo without any set items is, again, that's another incredibly easy one. Uh, like even a rank zero legacy of nightmares thrown into your gear with one or two ancients will be more than sufficient to clear a greater rift 45 solo. Uh, if you know you're having difficulties, if you're having troubles with it, again, like uh, Diablo fans, Icy Vein, Max Roll, they all have some guides for all of the classes in order to go through and complete that. But um, if you still struggle, my absolute uh, best tip uh, once you have your max level character and you've leveled them up a little bit and you've been playing with the season you know just take the time level up a gem of ease you know uh, use that to get uh, um, a level 70 weapon level up a demon hunter uh, you know you can do it solo if you have friends just have them you know uh, power level you it's, it's just going to take a couple minutes either solo or in a group doesn't really matter get the demon hunter you know up to level 70 Find yourself a Yang's Recurve, you're done. That, that's pretty much it. Like, really, nothing else is needed. Just make sure that you have a Legendary in every gear slot, doesn't matter what it is. Have a Yang's Recurve, put in a Rank Zero Legacy of Nightmare, um, and put Multi-Shot on your bar, Profit. And, and that, that is the absolute easiest uh, Greater Rift 45 solo that you can do uh, for, like, anybody uh, in any build that you can. But again, there is... There is a very easy to find build for every single class out there on the internet in order to get that. Super easy. You'll absolutely be able to do it. The the next one, you do have a couple of easier options. The easiest, of course, is going to be like the Curses Stars Align. Kill 350 uh, uh, or uh, kill 350 or more monsters in a Curse Chess event at level 70 on Torment 10 difficulty or higher. Uh, you can find groups. There's a bunch of communities that are out there for farming conquests. This one in particular. Uh, just, you know, once you can farm Torment 16, you can complete this objective. 
uh, you know, relatively easily with any type of speed farming build. Uh, again, I want to say, you know, uh, any variation of a Demon Hunter multi-shot build is probably one of the easiest things to do this on uh, Cursed Pete in Act 5. You can just cycle through remaking games in order to go and do that. I did this at the end of Season 24 on my Necromancer uh, in order to uh, help complete uh, my Seasonal Conquest. Uh, and, you know, I think I was finding... Because I, I failed it a couple of times uh, because in my infinite wisdom, I forgot that the uh, ethereal dagger is not, in fact, a scythe. So it was, I kept wondering, why am I running out of essence? Like, I'm going through and I'm spamming my bone spears. I'm killing a whole bunch of monsters, but reaping isn't triggering and refilling my essence. What's going on? Why am I running out? And I was like, oh yeah, it's not a scythe. It doesn't trigger. So don't don't be like me. Actually, you know, make sure that your your build is working properly as it should. But otherwise, um, yeah, I, I think I found I, I found like the the two um, cursed peats in maybe twenty minutes, thirty minutes of farming at most. Uh, you know, it, 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 it takes a little bit of time. It is really boring, but it it's not that bad. Or you can get a group together and a group of four people is going to farm it up like really quick or just join one of the communities online to go and get it. Um, the other one, of course, that you can do is, uh, is really easy to do solo, just a little bit of a time investment. And it's not my favorite thing to do, but is master the uh, any eight set dungeons. Uh, it still does require you to do uh, two separate classes, uh, you know, because... Uh, you have the you only have so many set dungeons per class uh, but just farming on one character should be able to max out all of those and you only have a couple of sets that you have to get on like a secondary character uh, in order to uh, finish them uh, even less if you're farming in a group if you're playing in a group you can just trade set pieces you know if you're playing a necromancer and a friend is playing a demon hunter you can just trade set pieces and then flip and do it mastery done uh, and then the hardest this season is the sprinter, completing acts one through five in under an hour. Uh, although some insane people have done that solo, it's generally better to do in a group, but you need a coordinated group in order to do it, and it does take a couple of tries in order to succeed. Uh, you know, that one again, it, it's you're more than likely going to need a group in order to finish it. It's, it's a bit harder if you're looking for complete completion, you can do it. Otherwise, you're probably just going to do the greater of 75 solo, the greater of 45 solo, solo without any sets, and then the kill 350 uh, or more monsters during a curse event, and you're done. You've got Guardian. Uh, enjoy your brand new portrait frame uh, and, uh, and profit. Um, uh, from there, of course, with every Diablo season opener, there is uh, the Level with a Cause put on by Wolfcrier. Uh, you can check that out by at levelwiththecause.com to check out all the streamers that are involved. Um, it is, of course, open. It's, you don't just have to stream Diablo. You can stream any game uh, in order to participate um, you know, with the, uh, the, the Level with the Cause. Um, I, unfortunately, because of work requirements and such, I'm not going to be streaming uh, for this Level with the Cause. I will still be donating, um, but yeah, make sure that you go check it out. Uh, you know, the, the, the usual, the usual suspects are all there and we're going, uh, and participating. It, it benefits a, a great number of charities. It's been a great thing that Wolfcrier has been putting on for years now. And it's definitely worth going and checking out. 
As far as my own personal um, seasonal plans, uh, even though, like I said, I unfortunately am not going to be able to stream the, the seasonal opener. It's one of the, you know, going to be one of the ones I've missed. I think this is two seasons I've missed this year for various reasons. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll make it up at some point, I promise. I promise. Uh, but uh, I, I, it's, it's going to be interesting because I'm changing things up. I'm not going to roll a Necromancer. Like I mentioned earlier, it's Cenarius, uh, which is, you know, one of the more, like, odd sets. Like, it's powerful. It can get there. It requires a little bit of, like, build and setup and such. But it just doesn't scale well. And Arius just doesn't really have that much of a place, like, in the whole overarching scheme of the, the Necro builds. It's like, Anarius and Trag... Um, have just been left so far behind it hurts it really hurts um, uh, and I want to eventually work on completing all of the achievements in Diablo 3 and so what I'm gonna do is like hey it's invokers I haven't completed the kill you know like the the million enemies or hundred thousand enemies or whatever it is with thorns damage on the Crusader yet so well I'm gonna level a Crusader. I'm gonna start off with Thorns, uh, Thorns Invokers. I'm gonna go through, try and complete that achievement. You know, get that all finished. I'm gonna try and complete all of the Crusader uh, set dungeons because I haven't done any of them. Uh, so we'll we'll work on those achievements throughout the course of the season. Maybe I'll stream some of that. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but that that's what uh, that's what my plans are uh, for this particular season start. Uh, also, like my usual streaming buddies, they're all just there. They are, you know, neck deep into Final Fantasy XIV Inwalker at the moment. They're gonna. It's like, oh yeah, just let us know when you're seventy, and then power level us. It's like, thanks guys, I appreciate your support. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty much laying out like my seasonal goals. It's not just to unlock Guardian, get all the seasonal goals. I want to finish uh, everything on the Crusader. I think that means I've got to beat, uh, I've got to play through the story again because I'm missing a, uh, I'm missing one, like, dialogue thing on the female crusader. I finished all the male crusader ones and I somehow didn't finish all of the dialogue options on the female crusader, um... So I gotta play through the story again, and I gotta master all the set dungeons, and I gotta kill a whole bunch of enemies with Thorns damage. And so this will be my season to max out the Crusader and finish all of the Crusader, um, uh, the Crusader-specific class achievements for Diablo 3. Because I want to get all of those achievements done before Diablo 4, so that way I say, I have finished, I have successfully completed Diablo 3, and I can move on with no regrets. Uh, but uh, going through that kind of like wraps it up I'd be interested in hearing what you all are going to be doing you know for season 25 what are you going to be doing um, you know for the, the holidays and such are you excited for the soul shards are you excited what uh, having easy access to all of these augments is going to do is there a, a different class that you're going to go through try out are you excited by any of the, uh, the, the class or set changes that we talked about in previous episodes do you want to try out and see you know is Anarchiers even faster now is it is it going to take the top spot for witch doctors? It's not. Um, you know, is uh, how badly did they nerf firebirds? <laughs> you know, it, its time in the sun was very shortly lived. Um, yeah, uh, feel free to drop me a line. You know, uh, the email of course is westmarchworkshop at blizzpro.com, or just leave a, a comment on YouTube, or hit me up on Twitter. Uh, let me know what your your plans are, your goals are for season twenty five. 
Um, but it's not like the only patch and updates that we have. As I mentioned on the previous episode, we've got some updates going through and coming for Diablo 3. Not Diablo 3, Diablo 2. Uh, patch 2.3 um, has launched with those things I was talking about with the, uh, the game scaling difficulties for offline games. Uh, the force move uh, enabling feature, the uh, the quick cast bar uh, as such, as well as just the accessibility and graphical improvements have all been added. Uh, so you've got, got a, a whole bunch of things uh, that have been implemented and fixed. Uh, there's some various, like, um, you know, bug fixes that have happened. They're continuing to streamline uh, online play. Uh, mitigate crashes and such as they as they continue to march forward toward towards uh, getting ladders back up and running uh, and then once ladders are running then who knows maybe we'll have new content maybe uh, and I do know that there was one thing that even though the uh, the, the patch uh, came out um, uh, what was it last week so the, the patch 2.3 came out last week. There was some delayed um, functionality improvements for the console uh, because the consoles only got the game scaling difficulty for the offline play while the game was connected to the internet. Weird, right? Uh, but there were, they have subsequently fixed that uh, patch. Uh, 2.3.0.1 came out just a couple days ago that... Um, fix that functionality for the Xbox and PlayStation so that way they can now have access to um, the offline uh, player difficulty scaling without having to have a paid subscription to the game service to connect the, the game system online. Like before you had to have like, you know, the, um, uh, was it the uh, PlayStation Plus subscription, Xbox live is it still called xbox live or is it gamer pass now i haven't owned an xbox in 11 years so i i don't know what it's called anymore i'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm bad at that one uh and uh there is uh, apparently still waiting on that patch fix for switch apparently the the patch update for that functionality change for switch consoles is still coming um you know, so, you know, uh, really cool. We continue to have some updates uh, for Diablo 2. We're still, we're almost there. We're getting there. Uh, every every patch, every fix is bringing back, uh, is getting us uh, functionally close to seasons, ladders, whatever they're going to call it. And then once we get that, then they have no excuse. It's either, well, what are you working on next? Or what update, what continued updates are they going to have for Diablo 2? I want to hear what they've got planned for Diablo 2. You know, are we going to have new stuff for Diablo 2? New, like, new Ubers? New new events? New things? Seasonal, like, ladder themes? What have you? I, I do not know, but the prospect excites me. It really does. And also, speaking of Diablo 2, because obviously I kept saying Diablo 2, that was meant for Diablo 2 Resurrected, but for Diablo 2... Legacy? Diablo 2 Classic? Um, they're getting a ladder reset. Even though the last ladder reset that we had in the summer, they did say that the cadence of the ladder resets was going to slow down with the release of Diablo 2 Resurrected. Um, it seems that they're still doing the six-month ladder reset, at least for now. Might slow down after this one, but for those that are still playing on the Diablo, um, the original Diablo 2, 
uh, classic Lord of Destruction or however we you know deem to refer to that game as now um, they are getting a ladder reset in a very uh, welcoming change of course to how they address uh, Warcraft 3 Reforge where every surprise it's all Warcraft 3 Reforge um, you know the original Diablo 2 is still a completely separate entity from Diablo 2 Resurrected uh, and so it's having its own little ladder reset um, uh, in the same cadence that it was beforehand. Uh, moving on to Diablo Immortal, uh, I am more or less uh, wrapping up my um, my uh, testing phase with Diablo Immortal. Uh, things just you know are getting busy at work. I'm getting less and less time. There's also just some you know life and personal stuff going on and such, uh, and so. Uh, with the, the new Season 25 uh, coming out for Diablo 3 and wanting to go through and hit certain goals and such, uh, that one means we're going to have a little bit less time in order to play Diablo Immortal. I'm still going to continue to play it, test it, uh, as I develop and put together some feedback. Um, you know, But all in all, i got to say, uh, definitely still uh, A+. Absolutely love it. it it's a AAA title. It's Diablo 3 2. This is like the this is this is definitely like the spiritual successor to Diablo three. Um, so if you like Diablo three, if you enjoy Diablo three gameplay, you're going to enjoy Diablo Immortal. Uh, we got uh, controller support. Controller support feels good, though uh, it's still in development, so it still feels a little bit janky because whenever you go into a cutscene, uh, you have to touch the screen. Uh, menu interaction, you still have to touch the screen, so you can't just. Like have like the the phone like over there like you know while you're while you're playing on your little controller it's you still got to keep the phone within reachable distance because you at various points through uh, gameplay you you still have to tap the screen there's just there's no way around it you got to do it um, though uh, they said that jank things like that are expected during this beta because this is very early controller support and that things will improve. Um, as we move forward, uh, whether that be launch, as they said in the first half of 2022, or uh, another round of testing phases, we're not sure. Uh, I do still have concerns uh, over the ability to purchase power in this testing phase that did not exist in the previous one. Um, I talked about this before. Uh, you know, the ability... Uh, the fact that the gyms have offense defense rating or you might refer you might hear it referred to as ordr or order um, but the fact that the gyms themselves have order and the rarest gyms just have you know levels of multitude more order than anything else that it's just like regardless of like what build you play or what the effects of the gyms have like the best way that you can really kit out your character is just completely equipping all six of the rarest, you know, five-star gems that are maxed out at five-star and rank ten, whatever, because each one, because that complete set is, I believe, uh, estimated to give you a little over a thousand order, uh, where people are going through that have been like grinding the game uh, with in playing with the uh, server cap, because the way that Diablo Immortal is handling like the scalability issue of like the infinite scaling of Paragon and such. Uh, though it doesn't it doesn't have infinite scaling of Paragon that that is that is misspeaking uh, but the way that it's kind of handling that to try and keep the game a little bit more balanced for all uh, is that there is a cap on the Paragon level that increases every day uh, so the first day that the game launches the Paragon cap is two 
and it increases by two every day uh, you know going forward so after the game has been live for 40 days the Paragon the server Paragon is 80 because it goes up by two uh, now that's not the actual cap itself you can still go over that but if you remain under the cap you get 200% um, increased material rewards uh, which is very useful for getting like gear upgrades and increasing your order that way uh, as well as 200% experience so that way you can help uh, catch up because once you surpass once you hit level 80 you're then just getting regular rewards you're no longer getting the double the salvage materials or quest materials you're no longer getting double the XP you're just getting regular XP and I believe it is between level uh, five once you're five levels over uh, or is it eight levels over uh, it reduces the amount of experience that you get and then once you're more than eight levels over it reduces the amount of experience that you get again I think at 10 levels it's 10 or 12 levels it maxes uh, and then you gain zero expense uh, zero experience so you can really only play uh, you know around like that that eight levels above whatever the the server paragon is and still like effectively get rewards for playing the game but get, having the rewards themselves get reduced down to like, I think like 25% before it hits zero makes it really difficult in order to try and like level up your gear, which is another, uh, not just a, a huge source of getting order for your gear, in addition to just having a higher level, and your Paragon level unlocks higher level gear, which has better stats, which gives you more order. Um, that the when you upgrade your gear to certain levels, uh, at level 6, at level 11, and level 16, you unlock kind of like little like pseudo set bonuses that have like some really unique effects. And if you manage to match all of those bonuses in the same uh, category or family uh, as it's referred to, uh, it unlocks like a different bonus. Like one of the one of the ones, you know, you've got whenever you attack a mob, you've got like a 1% chance to summon a Hydra. And so it's this giant monster that spawns, you know, into the, into the battle area and like starts killing and tanking monsters for you it was a big strategy in the previous alpha in order to push some of the highest level challenge rifts was because well all the enemies are trying to kill the hydra and its stats are crazy so it allows you to just sit back and kill things uh when normally they would all just gang up and kill you uh before you're able to you know complete the the challenge rift in time so you know it's got a lot of those aspects that there's there's things that you want to play underneath some of those caps. Uh, and, you know, there, there's going to be guides up on, like, maxroll.gg, you know, put together by some, like, really great people like Echo Hack and Dreadscythe uh, that will explain a lot of these things in better detail. But it's, like, kind of weird because if you play every day and you, like, maximize your character and do everything that you're supposed to do, it's almost as if you get negatively impacted by it. Because, like, experience, gaining experience is, like, one of the worst things that you can get in the game. So it's got, like, this weird kind of pseudo that you have to, like, target farm things. And you have to, like, avoid things that give experience. Like, you don't do bounties. Like, bounties are useless because all it really gives you is, like, gold, which is, like, whatever. And experience, which is bad. Because if you gain experience, that means you get less salvage. And if you get less salvage, that means you get less upgrades. Which means you get less order, which means that you get less, uh, you know, uh, uh, the the family bonuses for upgrading your gear and such. And it's created a really interesting meta uh, where, like, one of the best ways to catch up is to, like, if the, so if the, the previous example, like, the server cap is 80, you, like, 
you blast as hard as you can, gain as much experience as you can to get, you know, close to 80, like 78 or something like that. And then you stop gaining experience. You stop doing bounties. You stop picking up experience orbs from elites. And you just do specific events, uh, quests, uh, you know, the, the carriage, the, the Nightmare Ancient, uh, pages in um, uh, Zoltan Cool's library and such. These very specific things have been mapped out. They give very little experience, but a lot of uh, scrap and materials. So that way you can then stay under that cap blast a whole bunch of uh, upgrade materials get your uh, upgrades caught up to where the people that have been uh, you know that have been pushing it that are like you know like the level 85 level 87 uh, and uh, once you've caught up at that point and you've got your upgrades on you know at that level then you surpass the cap in order to try and you know max out your character because there are still certain advantages because you know if you're if you're playing above the cap, you're going to hit the Paragon tiers earlier. Um, you know, because every 10 levels you unlock like a new kind of like tier of gear. Uh, but it's not it's not like Diablo 3 where like level 70 gear is just better than level 60 gear. Um, it, it just, what it does is it, it pushes the bands higher. You know, uh, but it's one of those ones where like, so you have like a level 30 piece you know, is is um, has like a, a band with stat ranges between, say, a level 30 piece of stat ranges between like 20 and 50. You know, a bad level 30 piece can roll 20s on your stats, and a good level 30 piece can roll 50s on the stats. Where when you have like a level 60 piece of gear, uh, its its bad stat rolls are 40. You know, but its good stat rolls are like 70. You know, so there's still a lot of overlap, and so you just because you've got, you know, you're having level 60 gear drop for you doesn't mean that you're replacing your level 30 pieces. That's exasperated even further with the, uh, they're calling it uh, in-game, that you'll get like a little pop-up that says, oh, you've got an exceptional gear piece, because instead of the regular two attributes on your gear, you got three. These uh, all-elusive triple-stack gear it's kind of like the, the creme de la creme when it comes to uh, getting upgrades in the game. Because um, they'll roll lower. So say like your maximum stats you get on a piece of gear is like 60. Well, if you get a triple stat, they're not going to be 60. They're going to be 50. But because there's three of them, you're, looking, you're just looking at the total attributes of it. So a piece that has the two regular attributes at 60 has 120 total attributes. It's giving you a total of 120 order versus a triple stat at 50 is actually giving you 150 order so it's giving you a lot more that's allowing you to progress further because at the end of the day what of each of the individual attributes do really doesn't matter it's just the fact that it gives you order and that's the end-all be-all in order to go and pu push yourself further and further though eventually it does um it does drop off it's not a linear increase or decrease uh there is uh there's spikes and you know so this isn't this isn't actual factual data or anything like that i'm just using it as an example but like if you're if you're fighting an enemy that has an order requirement of 200 and you only have an order of 100 you're doing zero damage to it you're doing absolutely nothing you know it's just gonna like smack you around kill you and there's nothing you can do you just have no scaling whatsoever once you get up to 
150 order, now you're only 50 order below it, you're doing half the damage that you normally would. Um, you know, but then once you get up to, uh, say, 210 order, so now you've actually surpassed the order that's necessary in order to fight that, or recommended to fight that particular creature, you're now doing, you know, like, 20% more damage uh, than it. So it, ha it has, like, these little spikes. It's not just because, oh, you've got 10 more orders, so you're doing 10% more damage. you got a little bit of a spike, uh, and then it drops off a little bit. Then you got like a little bit of a, then you got a little bit of a spike. So once you're like a hundred order over, like you're doing double damage to it. You're doing double, triple damage that you normally would. But then once you go higher above that and say now you're you're at a thousand order, you know you're still only doing like double, triple damage to it. You know it doesn't doesn't continue to scale exponentially. The the higher or lower that you get, it gets to a point it levels off. Um. And the way that the difficulty scaling is set in these huge bands. Uh, so, like, you have the different levels of hell that you can play through the game on for the different difficulties. And, like, some of the earlier on, you know, it's like one of the big things that you want to do is, oh, you want to hit Paragon 30. Because Paragon 30 unlocks hell 2. You get a whole bunch of, like, much higher static gear and all the other types of stuff. But then, like, hell 3 is Paragon 90. Which, you know, as I said before, with that Paragon cap only increasing by 2 per day, to go from Paragon 30 to Paragon 90 is going to require a month. It's going to require 30 days before you can really realistically get to that point and do it. Um, you know, and so there'll be a, a, a significant jump, you know, in the, the order requirement in order to do that. Because, like, in order to successfully do like content and held to I think it was something around like 1700 order you know it's like not that high it's not that bad or maybe it's only like 1500 but then in order to do like hell 3 content it's like 25 and then to do like hell 4 content it's like 51 you know it's like so it has like these big jumps but then like before you get to like the 5000 order to do like you know like hell 4 or whatever it is uh, which requires paragon level 160 uh, by the way so then it's 70 it's uh, you know 70 levels out it's 35 days out before you can actually go through and you know hit to that point uh it's uh you know you're you're going to have some some increases in your gear but you're still fighting stuff that only required you know like 25 you know 2500 order in order to fight your your damage is going to spike up as you get those big upgrades but then you're gaining like a thousand more order and you're not really doing any additional damage. And so it's just kind of like, oh, I got this like little drop off or whatever. And so as you hit those, those, those kind of like those peaks and those troughs of the way that the scaling and the difficulty system works, uh, you know, you'll notice that, oh, maybe this, maybe that gear upgrade isn't as important. And I can begin to go through and start focusing on those individual attributes and what those individual attributes do. Because... Well, you know, intelligence is better than willpower because intelligence increases my damage, whereas willpower just, like, increases my resistance. You know, it's not not that big. But for the most part, just going at the pure stats and increasing those attributes is, like, the thing that you want to go for. Um, and then there's sets. Then there's the secondary gear and sets and those upgrades and a whole bunch of other systems and such uh, that we still got time to talk about. Uh, but, you know, it's like, uh, going back to kind of like the core of it, I really like the way that the system is set up, though I do have some problems with the way that you can purchase order, which is like the, the, the core system 
for the difficulty scaling in the game is purchasable. And like you can just straight up drop money thousands tens of thousands of dollars worth if you want to do it but you can just buy a thousand order you know right off the bat and we don't know if the scaling changes much higher up but like from what we know of the system now a thousand order is a thousand order whether it is comparing one thousand to two thousand or five thousand to six thousand that thousand um stat increase because it is you know um the, the way that the, the scaling works, that thousand order always means the same level of difference. It's always going to give you that same like stat increase. Um, though there is some mitigating factors in PvP, um, though there are some PvE elements, the still majority of the game seems to be focused around the PvP, Cycle of Strife and such. So it, it is, it, it's, I have concerns. I, I have some concerns. Uh, I would be fine if they uh, took it off completely or if they just normalized order on all gyms. That if you want to go through and do it, sure, whatever. Because only someone that spends serious amounts of cash is ever going to get a rank 10 five-star gym. You know, or someone that is free to play for like literal years because of the materials required in order to get uh, a rank 5 gym to max level. Because you need an exponential amount of the same type of rank 5 gems to level it up to rank 10 whereas a rank 1 gym doesn't uh you know i think i've got like one one five star gym to rank three uh and it it's cost me the same amount of resources the same allowed amount of legendary gems as like getting a rank two star to like or a two star gym to rank six like it's just ridiculous but its stats are better it's better than anything it's in fact that rank three five star gym because i maxed out the five stars it has a little bit of a, a scaling difficulty in the scaling because uh, the, the five star gyms only start off as two but can be ranked up or starred up i don't know there's like ranks levels all this other things, so they can be starred up just five stars uh because i i lucked out and got a five star rank three gym uh that already base has more order on it than if i got a rank one gym or a one star gym to rank 10 it just it has more on it period if they normalize that and you know that that i think would help go much further because a, a free-to-play person yeah you you can you can probably realistically get like rank one gyms up to or one star gyms up to rank 10 as a as a in like a reasonable amount of time uh as a free-to-play player because you're doing your daily activities you're getting platinum so you can use that platinum to buy stuff off the marketplace you can sell regular gyms in the marketplace you can scale you can sell excuse me you can sell um uh your charms on the marketplace and get platinum you use that platinum to buy you know just fodder gym uh, fodder gems and stuff like that to uh, you know get your uh, rank ones just run your regular crests every day with hilts and everything in order to get other things and just reasonably uh, over time you'll be able to build up those those rank one gems uh, or those one star gems to get rank 10 I'm tripping over the terminology but uh, I think it is perfectly reasonable for a free to play uh, player to get maxed 
one-star gems. And so if that aspect alone of a one-star gem gives, gives the same order as a five-star gem, we're, we're cutting that back. Because, sure, the, the, the person that puts in money will get the power faster, but the free-to-play player can, can catch up. And also, if you take that scaling down to what the rank one gems are, or the one-star gems are, where it's paltry, you know, you've got like four or six order increases like per rank, it's not a lot. Like you can overcome that by just being like, you know, one paragon uh, tier of gear up higher, or just like target farming specific uh, set pieces and dungeons and getting those exceptional pieces and getting those triple stat pieces um, than what uh, a whale can purchase. So, you know, I, I think reducing that, that, that power play uh, will go a, a great distance towards uh, balancing the game and making it. I, I feel the the best the, the the best like mobile Diablo experience that it can be by reducing that ability to have um, purchasable player power. I, I acknowledge that obviously a perfect Diablo game wouldn't have any, but it's a mobile game. It's a different market, and no, I'm not saying it's you know that's like a, it's a, a chinese system or something like that people stop saying that that's like borderline racist if not racist that's just the way that mobile games are you know across the globe across the world they've got like um pay to quick advance systems and stuff like that and it's just like whatever um you know but if you look at uh the the current way that the power structure like an immortal is is you've got some free-to-play players that have like really blasted the game and gotten their upgrades and all this other type of stuff and they're doing really well they are holding their own with the people that have also have blasted maybe spent like a couple hundred dollars of or the people that have just dropped like 10 grand into the game 20 grand into the game and got you know like just like ridiculous gems and stuff like that that you know some of the, the the background mechanisms with the pvp scaling has helped reduce that through that as long as you kind of like keep up in the paragon levels and you're keeping your uh, your gear upgrades you know normalized and such that you should still be within that realm that you can compete but of course the the person that's wailing at the moment moment will still have uh that little bit of the advantage and if we can just take a little bit of that advantage away all all thumbs up from me uh, and, uh, before we end the episode, of course, I did say we got some speculation for Diablo 4, and, well, I guess that speculation really comes down to, well, this week is Diablo 3 news, so I guess that means next week is Diablo 4 news? Possibly? Maybe? It's realistically one of the last things that they can do, because traditionally, Blizzard shuts down for, like, the last, like, two weeks in December, or, like, the last week in December, first week in January, so... Uh, just like the previous uh, years, so the 2020's quarter four announcement, uh, I, I expect it like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week, the 14th, the 15th, or the 16th, I think is what we're going to go through and get uh, the um, the Diablo 4 quarter four uh, dev update. Uh, and so, I, as always, I'll go through, I'll do a special, uh, special episode the night that that goes live, provided that I am not... Um, at work that evening of course uh, because next week is spider-man and we've got some special events uh that are calling me and working some evenings and such that i that i have to uh do oh, man it's like i gotta watch spider-man early <laughs> shucks 
That sucks, right? There's some perks. It's not all bad, okay? Um, you know, but we'll, we'll, we'll see as how things work out when the actual, uh, dev vlog itself drops. Of course, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be something that a lot of people have been looking forward to because they're talking about in-game systems. And that's something that people really, really want. Um, I'm still hoping that, who knows, maybe we'll just get, you know, they're, they're not doing, they're not, they're not doing BlizzCon line in February. We're not getting that BlizzCon line thing done then. Wouldn't now be like a great time to just drop the fifth class, right? Wouldn't that be cool? Sure, like in-game systems are great and all that, but that that's that's all like nebulous concepts that we can sit and argue for. What does this mean? What does that mean? But until we play it, we've got no idea. But you drop a class like they did with the rogue, and people can sit there and be like, "That looks fucking awesome," and just get super excited about it. that. That's that's the way that I view it, at least. Like you know, in-game system are in-game systems more important to me than the actual classes well yeah of course because of the in-game systems are not fun to play then then the class is not fun to play regardless uh but it's something that i feel as if until you actually like play it how are you gonna know the words words on a screen describing the in-game systems um don't excite me as much because until you really get your hands on it it doesn't doesn't mean as much but there you go that's uh those are those are those are my expectations we should hopefully get the diablo 4 blog next week we shall see we shall see but until then i'll catch you all next time uh and of course that next time will be whenever the dev blog itself drops but uh there will not be another episode in december going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus uh, so the, normally the next episode would be December 22nd. Uh, that is not the case. Will also not be the 29th, uh, and it will not be the 5th. Currently, uh, I don't plan on recording another episode of the Westmarch Workshop until January 12th. I know that that is quite some time away, but just like I said, between like work events, the holidays, some family stuff, and such, that is just uh, it's not. Uh, not got time on the plate for going through and doing episodes, so, uh, you know, sorry, you won't be able to hear the uh, annoying shrill of my voice uh, for another month, but uh, I will I will have a developer blog update uh, whenever they drop that dev blog. Uh, until then, I don't expect a recorded episode 223 until January 12th. Um, you know, maybe maybe we'll do something special, not here on the Westmarch Workshop, but on my personal stream for the actual, like, you know, 25th anniversary of Diablo. Uh, I will try and stream at some point, uh, you know, for the Season 25 goals and trying to max out the Crusader and such. Uh, I, I don't have much hopes of recording anything for Diablo Immortal at this point because it's on Android. And it just is not... Me and, me and Android aren't working. We're Me and Android just are not getting along at this point. But, uh, but until then, uh, I do uh, thank you for going through and joining me here on this episode. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again on the next episode, but feel free until then to drop me a line at westmarchworkshop at blizzpro.com. Again, if you have any questions, comments, feedbacks, or concerns, drop me uh, over at westmarchworkshop at blizzpro.com. 
You can find the uh, the show normally record every other Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash blizzpro. But again, because of the holidays and everything, I won't be recording a new episode until January 12th, barring the upcoming dev blog, uh, which you'll just have to keep an eye on Twitter, which you can find the show at the WM Workshop, or you can follow me personally at 9ballgamer. That is 9ballgamer. Um in order to go through and find it there. Uh, but until then, uh, I uh, wish you all uh, happy holidays, and I will catch you all next time.